Welcome to the Rural Revival Podcast. I'm your host, Dana Larson. This week we're in Pahuska, Oklahoma with Luke and Kenyon Lomax of Prairie Sky Jewelry Company. With a fairly new business and products that have quickly become high in demand, we have an incredible conversation on how they have built their business and their life and how they've transitioned from life on the road to their new home on the farm in Pahuska. From learning their trade to social media to customer service and so much more, they have a lot of gold to share that any small business owner can learn from. And they just so happen to be neighbors to someone else you'll recognize from the Roll Revival podcast, Joni Nash, who you'll hear come up in this interview. So here we go with Luke and Kenyon Lomax. here today in Pahuska, Oklahoma with Luke and Kenyon Lomax of Prairie Sky Jewelry Company. Thanks for being on the podcast, guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about you and your background. Are you both originally from Oklahoma? Uh, Yeah, we actually grew up uh, five blocks away from each other in the same little town. Nice. We didn't uh, we didn't meet until we both came back home after moving to Tulsa. Um, we met at a bar. It was very romantic. It was not. <laughs> it was not. Okay. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> so you met at a bar. Is there more to that story? Um. So I was like all of eighteen. Okay. And super into hula hooping. Okay. Uh, so I was hula hooping in front of a stage and he asked one of our mutual friends who the girl with the butt is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm blushing. Like <laughs> but yeah. And then that guy lied to him and told him I was a lot older than I was. So wow. it was pretty cool. Oh, it all worked out. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what eventually led you guys to Pahuska? Um, well, when I was a kid, um, I spent a lot of time here in the summers and, you know, just hanging out in Osage County, going to Blue Stem and always loved it. Always just so much more comfortable than Bartlesville because we're both from Bartlesville, which is, I don't know, 30 miles. And a bit of a bigger town. Yeah. Yeah. Significantly bigger. The population there is like 34,000. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, big compared to Pahuska. Yeah. Um, And just, I don't know, never really fit in just... it wasn't a good fit. So um, we actually traveled the country for four years um, with his welding work. And so we got to try out a lot of different parts of the country and small towns and different ways of life. Like we lived in Tucson, Arizona, and we lived in Fritch, Texas, and we lived oh all over Kansas and Michigan and Wichita Falls. Wichita We went to Texas a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but Pahuska just always kind of fit. And then we actually, um, with welding work, these guys like quit their jobs and stuff all the time. It's kind of how you demand a raise. Okay. Um, you leave that company and hire on with a new company and they pay you, you know, significantly more. And that's not really Luke's style, but we just came to a point where, you know, it wasn't going to happen unless we did that. And so we had about a two-week gap between different welding companies, and we came home, 
and parked our camper in Osage Hills, which is between Bartlesville and Pahuska. It's okay. a super gorgeous state park. And while we were here, we were just kind of piddling around town. I have a, or I had a contract with Osage Outfitters, really, really great Western retailer downtown. And Callie had wanted to talk to me about a new wholesale order. So we popped in there. And of course, Joni's hobnobbing around town all the time. Yes. Um, and she popped in and in about 30 seconds had contracted Luke to build her entryway for her, <laughs> her new place. <laughs> and, um, you know, that's kind of always been his ultimate goal is to end up doing that independently and kind of making more artistic uh, entryways for like gorgeous ranches. Um, and so this was an amazing opportunity to kind of try it out. Uh, without any risk or commitment. Um, and of course, Joni's like supremely patient and gracious. And so it was a, it was a great opportunity. <laughs> well, I've heard the other side of that story too. And I know that was a huge blessing to her, you guys just coming in at the perfect time. So yeah, yes. it was absolutely too perfect. And so we ended up driving up and down our road, you know, at least a week, a week. Yeah. And it's just beautiful. You know, it was the middle of the summer. The clouds are the fluffiest, biggest prairie clouds you've ever seen in your life. Everything's green. And we just kept saying, if we move home, we want to live on this road. <laughs> this is the only place in the world we've ever seen that we could just, we could live here. You could actually we could do stay. It. Yeah. yeah, we could be happy. We wouldn't get restless. We wouldn't get sick of it. This particular slice of Osage County is perfect for us. And uh, I begged and pleaded with Luke, can we just, can we just be done? Can we not go back on the road? Um, and I think we had all of $7,000. Like, it wasn't happening. Uh -huh. um, you can't buy anything with that. And so we ended up going back on the road. But so many things came together for us in that short two weeks that we were home um, personally and then with his stuff. And, you know, I, Cali Place, like, I think up to that date, the biggest wholesale order I'd ever received. And so I was just, you know, I felt so much possibility. Yeah. And we went back on the road and we were on the road for another year. Um, How long was it? Nine months. Nine eight, months? Yeah, yeah nine, to nine April. Months, right. So he signed on with the new company and they sent us up to Natoma, Kansas, which is like Hayes is nearby, like okay. 45 minutes away. Okay. Um, there's nothing there. I mean, it's a cute town, but it is a ghost town. Um, and he was out there doing a, a rural tank just out in a, like, sunflower field, right? Yeah. yeah. And um, they sent us there, and then they sent us to Tucson, Arizona, which was – the timing on that was incredible because I was there for the gym show. Oh, yeah. And was able to, you know, spend basically all of my business savings stocking up on stones, um, which was incredible. Like, not something, you know, it's, what, a thousand miles away or something? It, uh -huh. It's very difficult yeah. <laughs> to, to justify a trip to Tucson. But living there, um, we got to do it, and I got to shop it leisurely, you know, because it's open for, like, two weeks. And I just went whenever I felt like it. Okay. Um, and then we ended up kind of coming home in a hurry. His job, you know, the social dynamics went sour in a hurry. And um, we That's came... That's a really nice way of putting it. That is a nice <laughs> way of putting it. He had a uh, 
a foreman who was just wildly inappropriate, and I was his favorite target. Oh. And it just, it, you know, it got to a point where he crossed the line. He tried to come into our camper when Luke wasn't home. My dogs stopped him. I was on the phone crying. You know, Luke had to, like, restrain himself, you know, from taking physical action. And so he ended up quitting. We actually, it was awful. We had to stay, like, four more days while I finished orders, you know, because, of course, sure. I have this order log all the time, and I can't just up and leave. So Luke just basically, like, aggressively looked out the windows and aggressively sat in a lawn chair. <laughs> Just, just daring that guy. Yeah. Um, it, he offered him like a what, a huge raise to try oh. to come back, try to buy us back because of course it's terrifying that you're gonna get charged with sexual harassment. But anyway, we ended up coming home in a hurry, no plan. We had already hoped to come home in early summer, but it was April, you know, and there's a big difference in um, readiness preparedness overall yeah um, when you're talking three months so we came home it was the longest drive <laughs> it was it's like 16 hours if everything goes perfectly right something like that yeah, yeah. and of course nothing goes perfectly right pulling a camper and you've got three big dogs and all that so we finally got home and it was like 6 p.m maybe Somewhere around there, and it's April, so it's getting close to dark. And Luke, he, you know, we got our camper set up, and he was like, "All right, let's go driving around." And I was like, "Are you kidding me right now? There's no way I'm getting in that truck again." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I want to take a nap. I want to eat a cheeseburger. Yeah. <laughs> um. And so anyway, it didn't take that much convincing, but he got me in the truck. And we started just aimlessly driving around Bahuska, and of course we ended up going back up this road. And it's this April; it was still really cold here, and so there was no green really. It was just you know everything was dead, so you can see everything. And he saw just off the side of the road this property that we had never noticed before, um, because it's so overgrown you couldn't see that there was a structure on it or anything. And he saw it and pointed it out, and he was like, well, what about that place? And I was like, no. Uh -huh. <laughs> no, that, is that a shed? Like, uh, no, uh, no, sir. <laughs> and uh, he got kind of stuck on it um, and just kept bringing it up, kept talking about it, kept wanting to drive out by it, look at it, take photos, you know, and we're like, we're not trespassers. So he's sitting there zooming in on his iPhone, you know, trying to trying to figure out what this place looks like. Um, we had no idea how big it was or anything. So we ended up uh, getting a hold of one of our friends um, who works for the county and getting information on the property. And I, uh, I cold called the poor guy who owned it. And I was just like, hey, I, I want to buy this. Um, do, do you want to sell it? <laughs> and he was like, I'm at a U2 concert right now. Can I call you back? <laughs> um, and he did. He called us back. In a, well, he texted me back in a couple days and gave me a number. And I said, great, that'll work. Uh, can we walk it? And <laughs> like, yeah. accepted the offer because um, we just, by that point, Luke had me completely convinced. Yeah. Um, and so we got it and... I was, I was talking to the gentleman who owned it. I called him 
on the phone, you know, after we had agreed on pricing and stuff, because he was a little confounded by me just wanting to buy it um, outright, because that's a little weird. But, you know, we researched it with the county and stuff, so we knew what it was by then. And uh, we ended up on the phone, and I asked him what made him think of that number, and he said, well, I just kind of started typing, and that's what came out. And I think that is remarkable, because the number he came up with was a thousand dollars less than every penny we had wow and so and we're we're not the type of people to finance anything and so we were hoping to be able to buy it cash um and i it's just it's too cool that it was like the perfect amount of money um you know it was a little inconvenient going to the grocery store after that for a while (laughs) (laughs) but it was it was great um and he told us that there was just something about my voice that made him feel <laughs> don't laugh, that made him feel like we should have it because um, I had told him that it was somewhere I could really see myself raising children and I think that just struck a chord for him but it was just it was too perfect the timing and everything the way it worked out and to come back you know nine months later and there's a place on this road that we've been dreaming about um, since we left and it's you know, exactly the right price. It's exactly the right size. It's exactly what we've been looking for. It was just too cool. I feel really blessed with that. So absolutely, it was meant to be. Oh yeah, and Joni will like Joni will really talk about it. But <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's way way too cool. Um, it'd take forever to tell the whole whole story. Right. But that's the short version. Wow. <laughs> so Luke, tell us about your side of this. Like, what was it that you obviously saw a vision for this place beyond? what you were seeing in the moment. It looked cheap. (laughs) (laughs) Like maybe we could afford this. Or it was abandoned. All the taxes weren't paid on it. That's kind of what I was looking for. (laughs) Yeah, hoping he could pay $4,000 and pick it up for back taxes. And then once we got to looking at it, the windmill and the old sandstone, and there's a lot of stuff on there that we could make something out of. But and then we uncovered all kinds of things that we weren't <laughs> expecting. Yeah. <laughs> Good or bad? Uh, uh. Syringes. <laughs> oh, okay. Scales and okay. yeah. pop bottles. We, uh, we lovingly called it the Rat Palace for the first few months because we went through two five-gallon buckets of rat poison in just the old house structure. Um, and then we found kittens, and so we couldn't put out rat poison anymore, and we ended up with a bunch of cats. <laughs> farm life yeah, yeah. <laughs> a ranch life is it do you call it a farm or ranch it's a farm junk okay. pile <laughs> i don't even know if i feel right calling it a farm because it's really small and we're not commercial and you know all that yeah but um my older relatives love to call it a ranch to make me crazy because <laughs> there's no such thing as an eight acre ranch well true yeah <laughs> But that's great. So it kind of worked out great because you were used to living in a camper anyway. So yeah. it's not like you yeah. needed a move-in ready house. No, and that and that's kind of planning it that way. Yeah, that kind of been our goal is to find somewhere that we could fix up and really make ours because we have the advantage of um, not only already owning a camper but being willing to live so uncomfortably for so long. <laughs> <laughs> Because it is, uh, camper living is definitely an acquired taste. I, you guys would know for sure. 
Well, was your turquoise business specifically, was that always a dream of yours or is that something you more like stumbled into? Um, I would, I would say I kind of stumbled into it. Uh, I was always a little bit of a crafty kid, you know, I would, I would braid friendship bracelets and, you know, I had those awful little like plastic bananas and cherries and stuff that you would make like necklaces out yes. of. <laughs> I was obsessed. <laughs> um, and then when I got into college, I started playing with like, I mean, I just, I call it like old grandma jewelry, you know, but just like garage sale bags. Costume. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And you can, you, you can use pliers and break it apart. And I was literally hot gluing it back together because I didn't know anything. <laughs> I didn't know that epoxy was something that, you know, other people use, like not just your dad. Uh-huh. Um, so when I started figuring that out, it just kind of was a natural evolution. And then you know, through college, I, I learned beading and stuff. Just, it was great for my stress levels. It felt good to do something with my hands. I could listen to music or watch Netflix and relax, um, hang out with my dogs and make something that might be pretty, uh-huh. might not. <laughs> um, but it was a no pressure situation for me. And the rest of my life was a lot of pressure. So then I graduated college, and the plan was to become a lawyer. You know, I was studying for my LSATs, and Luke got offered a job on the road, and, you know, when we were living in Turley, which is North Tulsa, okay, um, in a trailer park that his grandpa had lived in, and when his grandpa lived in it, it was really nice, but, you know, as things go, um, it's not as nice anymore, and we were really... We had no idea how we were ever going to be afforded to live any differently than that um, because everything is such a huge burden. You know, neither of us had credit. Um, neither of us had, you know, a trust fund or uh, some secret savings account or a billionaire uncle on his deathbed. Like, <laughs> yeah. we don't have any of those advantages. And so we just, we didn't know what we would do. And so that offer felt like such a blessing to us because it's an opportunity to literally just get out and try to make it on your own because there's a lot of money potential to be made in uh, welding and traveling. Um, And so he ended up taking that offer and I was never going to be the girl who gets left behind, you know, because I, I feel like that's just plenty of ladies prove me wrong all the time, but I feel like it's the death of your relationship. Yeah. Um, I'm going to get hate mail from Welder Wives, but (laughs) (laughs) lots of them make it work great, but I am just too codependent to do it um, for distance. It it just wouldn't work for either of us. And so there was also no way I was not going to be busy on the road, but there's such limitation. You know, we didn't have Wi-Fi. We didn't have space. (laughs) I wasn't going to be able to go to school or get a job because you're going to move every three months or less. So there's no stability. Whatever you're going to do, you have to be able to do from in your camper. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, I can make some okay jewelry. And took my little tote with us and started making jewelry. And um, thank God for my audacity. I just started walking into boutiques and saying, you should buy my stuff. Wow. And they did. And I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> so what kind of, was it turquoise? Or no, was it? no. I was using, um, well, of course, I didn't know how to silversmith. I was, uh, I was beading and I was using um, elk antler tips. 
that I had drilled in mass at my parents' house before we left. Um, and I was using a lot of amethyst and um, mother of pearl, coral, like it was a lot more gemstones than it was turquoise. And of course, I always love turquoise, but I'm kind of a snob. And so I feel like if it's going to be turquoise, it needs to be the real deal, yeah. which I just could not afford, uh -huh. honestly. Um, real turquoise is expensive. Sterling silver is expensive. And I didn't have, I didn't really have any capital. So I definitely didn't have the capital to invest in any of those materials. The day I bought a, uh, a roll of sterling plated wire, I felt so legit. <laughs> like you had made it. Yes. I was like, wow, I am going places. <laughs> so it just, and it, it just kind of evolved from that. You know, um, we ended up working, he was working in Tulsa. And so we were staying at home for a period of time. And uh, I had the coolest opportunity to do an apprenticeship in the jewelry store that I grew up going to. And, you know, it's just one of those, it's, it's amazing is yeah. what it is. It's the coolest old A-frame. Um, and Mr. Wendell, the owner, he's, I think he's in his 80s now. Um, but he built it himself for his family and for his store. And he literally made it out of like telephone poles. And it's just, I mean, it is the coolest A-frame. And it is full of magical things. <laughs> I mean, like, especially for kids, but I was, I was a little rock collector and stuff and it's full of like Woody Crumbo paintings and he was friends with Woody Crumbo. So like half of them are signed just casually hanging on the wall. <laughs> um, and all of these crazy little like pop can airplanes and windmill, you know, and then super, super nice jewelry, um, Native American jewelry and then jewelry that they've made in their, uh, like back room and I was going there all the time and pestering Bryce his grandson with questions and I was making Bryce crazy because Bryce is just a super super intelligent like very straightforward guy and he would look at me and just get a headache because <laughs> <laughs> I am a little bit all over the place and I would come in with like the weirdest off-the-wall questions because I was trying to teach myself how to do what he's doing but being really subtle about it. And I was not <laughs> subtle. I thought I was. Um, and finally, he was like, you know what? Why don't you just pay me and I'll teach you? And I was like, sweet. So I did that for six weeks. Um, he charged me a whole hundred dollars. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was crazy. Um, and ended up, you know, gifting me a bunch of tools. And he's the coolest. Um, but I got to spend, you know, and I... Every minute of every day that they were open, I was in there. And some days that they weren't, I was in there wow. just taking advantage as much as possible. Um, and from that point, you know, when we left, I, I was in a place where I knew enough that I could just continue to teach myself. Um, but I was able, you know, we did a lot of intensive time together and stuff. So I, I covered all the basics with him and got pretty comfortable. And he's the kind of guy who'd be like, well, today I'm going to teach you how to make wire. And make me do all of this horrible, horrible work. Like your fingers feel like there's no skin left on them. And then he's like, or you could order it online. Oh. Like, all right, Bryce. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for that. Uh -huh. He taught me the hard way to do everything before he taught me or showed me the easy way to do it. 
And that's been a huge blessing. But at the time, I was not pleased. Right. Um, but yeah, he's he's excellent. Luke's crinkle smiling because he loves it when anybody torments me. <laughs> <laughs> well, props to Bryce. That's awesome. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's super cool. So that's how you got into turquoise. And has that been your main focus? Are you branching into other things or? Yeah. So, um, the turquoise, uh, you know, I grew up coveting uh-huh. all of this gorgeous turquoise jewelry in Wendell's specifically. Um, and then, you know, got into the gemstones and stuff, but I actually have a minor in geology, um, because I love rocks. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just, I just love it. It's, everything about it is so fascinating. And, um, geology is, you know, if you can get through the first couple classes that just make you want to fall asleep, it uh-huh. gets really interesting. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, I have a huge appreciation for so many more stones than turquoise, but uh, I'm a little bit limited by my audience because my girls love turquoise and I love turquoise too, but there's so many more stones. There's so much more that's Western, Yeah. you know, that, uh, I just don't think they're used to seeing or that they've been exposed to very much. So I've been using my collections and I haven't really done it as much as I've contemplated doing it or planned doing it, but I've got several collections in the works that I'm going to utilize stones other than turquoise alongside turquoise to hopefully ease, ease my gals into um, more variety. Turquoise is always going to be my bread and butter. It's always going to be at the base of everything that I do, but I just think there's so much artistic opportunity and so much beauty and so many other stones that it'd almost be a sin not to include them at least sometimes. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. It's <laughs> kind of like training them <laughs> to get well, used to other stuff. You know, in marketing, uh, they'll tell you all the time, you've got to train your customers. You've got you've to teach your customers when to come to you and, and how to do it. And it's worked excellently with my weekly updates. It's worked excellently with just marketing my collections. You know, people people just want to know what to expect and how things are going to work. And so when you're consistent with that, they're happy. And I just hope I don't make them too mad when, (laughs) you know, I say, okay, here's this incredible collection based on the works of this, you know, Western artist or, you know, this painter or this particular painting or whatever I, I decide my inspiration is going to be. And then it's all picture Jasper. (laughs) <laughs> you know, like, I hope they don't feel too betrayed. Um, but it's it's just going to take a while of, of showing them, you know, this is Western. This is beautiful. If you wear this, people are going to want to steal it off of your body. Uh-huh. It's great. And it's okay that it's not turquoise. So, that. you know, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to take a step back because I feel like I jumped too far ahead. But um, oh, you're okay. I want to ask. So after you learned how to make the turquoise jewelry and how to do the silver. What was that process like now that you learned it? Did you automatically just shift everything over to that kind of jewelry or did you kind of ease into it or Um, how did that go? You know, by the time I had actually learned it, so I had been trying to teach myself for about six months and I actually gave up. Because it was so hard. It was. Wow. And because, uh, 
you know, there's a hundred different ways to do the same thing. Everybody's got their favorite tools. Everybody's got their favorite brands. And especially with silver, people will say, if you do that, you're doing it wrong, (laughs) you know? And it's just like too much fear of failure. And it just, it's a very expensive thing to try to learn by trial and error because these tools are no joke. A metal file, a simple metal file will run you $60 and it's an okay file, you know, it's expensive. It's definitely cost prohibitive. Um, and so I just got frustrated. You know, I started thinking about how much money I had sunk into it and how far I had not gotten. And, uh, I was done (laughs) because you catch a lot of flack when you're the girl who was going to be a lawyer, but you make jewelry. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I can imagine. There's a little bit of verbal abuse there. Uh Like, how are you going to make a living? Or Or, (laughs) yeah. Like what happened to you? (laughs) Did you hit your head? Um, And you know, people, people love to get high and mighty about anything. Um, And of course now those people are, you know, the first ones to tell you that they've supported me all along. Uh-huh. It's funny how that works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, I was there from day one. Yes. Laughing at me. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes that's a motivator too though, right? Yeah. Oh, de- definitely. Yeah. I'm a very spite driven person. So. <laughs> <laughs> so that's good. It worked great. Well, how would you describe your style? Um, okay. So it's a little bit tacky, but I've always said white girl Western. Okay. Um, just because I... I stay as far away from traditional native styles as I possibly can because I think it is wildly disrespectful to use their cultural designs. It's, I mean, really when you're talking about Navajo jewelry, uh, Zuni jewelry, you're talking about the heritage of a people. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just really inappropriate for me to take advantage of that or try to profit off of that because that's not, that's not me. That's not authentic to me. And, um, you know, there's plenty of excellent native Smiths out there doing incredible work. There is no reason for me to try to stick my fingers in that market. So I've always, I, my style is Western, but it's white girl Western. (laughs) (laughs) You're not going to see me pairing turquoise and coral in the way that like a traditional Navajo ring is, is going to look and I'm never going to play with inlay because I just can't even think of a way to do inlay better than yeah. the Zuni do it. Like, honestly, I, I cannot improve upon that. So I'm leaving it to them. Um, I think I have a lot to offer in my own personal vision and interpretation of what I see as Western and my experience with Western. And, uh, I just, I, yeah, it's white girl western. Yeah. <laughs> it works. It's obviously working. Yeah. I yeah, I think it resounds with people. Yeah. Well, you just released your Lonesome Dove collection. Tell us a little bit about that and the inspiration behind that. Okay. So that is actually the perfect example. Okay. Of white girl western. Okay. <laughs> right? Because Lonesome Dove is culturally iconic. Um, and I feel like, especially with our generation, it's got like this cult following, mm-hmm. um, because we grew up watching it on our grandpa's couches, right. Drowning in cigarette smoke and <laughs> listening to Tommy <laughs> Lee Jones, like <laughs> that's childhood. Mm-hmm. And, um, I actually, I read the books, um, which I feel like a lot of people 
don't realize that it was actually a novel series written by Larry McMurtry that was then turned into a miniseries that, you know, everybody knows and loves. Uh-huh. And so we were, we were living in Wichita Falls, Texas, and I had bought Luke the books for our anniversary. And I'm a brat. Anytime I buy him a book, I read it first. (laughs) (laughs) He hates it. Just like any good wife would do. Yeah, I'm super thoughtful. (laughs) Um, So I was devouring these books because Larry McMurtry is hands down the best author I have ever read. He is incredible. Like, I don't have words um, good enough for him. Uh, I would highly recommend anybody read anything he's written because you cannot go wrong. And he's written a lot more than Lonesome Dove. Wow. Um, But he's just Western to the core and provocative, extremely provocative. (laughs) I remember reading Lonesome Dove and saying, "Um, this is a little bit pornographic. (laughs) Not quite the TV show version. People talk a lot about this, and I don't know if they know what they're talking about. Um. But yeah, I so I just got completely ate up with these books. And um, Larry McMurtry, he's not too far away from Wichita Falls, which I found out. And anyway, I found his house. There's a lot of no trespassing signs. I did not trespass. I just resented the signs from a distance. Because <laughs> um, I, I have a bone to pick with him about killing Newt. So, okay. <laughs> I was just thinking if he was like in his garden outside, I might bring it up. Mm-hmm. He was not. Mm. So, yeah. Anyway, I just got completely ate up with these books. And then Luke was like, you know, it's, it's a, it's a mini series. And I was like, I'm not watching it. <laughs> I'm not doing it. Uh-huh. Cause I am, I'm a snob when it comes to, you know, text brought to film. Finally watched it. Absolutely loved it. Um, it's, it's excellent, and it's it's like reading the book. They really don't miss much at all. That's why it's so long. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm super impressed by it. Um, the dialogue and everything is perfect. And so, anyway, I've just, you know, enjoyed it since I read it, and I've revisited the books a few times since, and I was sitting down over Christmas feeling very burnt out, um, and just tired, you know, I just, <laughs> the holidays are hard for a maker. Um, cause not only do you have the holidays as a, as a person, you also have the holidays as somebody providing gifts for, you know, 500 a to a thousand people. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, you know, the burnout is very real. So I was sitting there with my little clipboard hoping for an idea and I had written down probably seven really awful ideas and then it hit me like I should do the Lonesome Dove collection and then paranoia immediately set in (laughs) right somebody is going to telepathically steal this idea from me (laughs) before you get it out yeah yeah I feel like that happens you know just because so many people are you know we're all influenced by what's going on in the world at the same time yeah and so you know, it's not uncommon for creatives to have really similar ideas within a few weeks of each other. And so I was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Best idea I've ever had, and I'm not going to do it fast enough. And um, to my knowledge, it worked out great. Yeah. I didn't see any Lonesome Dove before I did it. Um, and it's just, it's been a huge hit, and I'm having a lot of fun with it. We sold out of our one-of-a-kinds on it in, I believe, two and a half minutes. 
which isn't too uncommon for a Prairie Sky update, but it is remarkable with a collection, um, especially because I didn't have time to really tease this collection very much before it was launched because I was so busy making it. Well, and you had the vision at Christmas. It launched the end of January, so that's not a lot of time. Right, and I, I technically took time off, um, which I'm very bad at. I took about maybe a full week away from doing anything Prairie Sky related. You think if I'm, that, yeah. If that. <laughs> um, Luke resents Prairie Sky a little bit. It <laughs> takes a lot of our time. Um, but yeah, I, I spent most of my time, quote unquote, off between Christmas and uh, the beginning of February, working on, you know, my wholesale line and just housekeeping um, for the year because we stay so busy that I don't have a lot of time to do a lot of the regular business things that you should do regularly. So I get yeah. to do them in bulk at the end <laughs> of the year. <laughs> Great. <laughs> um, so yeah, Lonesome Dove, uh, you know, we had we had a few hiccups with the launch. Like I managed to not put prices on the Comanche Moon earrings. So for the first minute, I had a few irate females oh, no. um, <laughs> sending me some, some messages. And I got that fixed and they sold out. And then I got a few more messages about, you know, how it was my fault that they couldn't get them. But, you know, sorry, guys, I'm one, I'm one person and I'm very human. Yeah. Um, we're working on it. Uh-huh. <laughs> we are working on it. But, yeah, so this week um, on Friday, I'm launching uh, hopefully 15 more pair of the Comanche Moon earrings um, to hopefully appease a few of the gals. Um, I wish I could do more, but 15 is a lot. Again, you're only <laughs> one person. I am yeah. one person. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes I like to shower, eat meals, walk my dog. Come to a podcast. Come to a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah. In case everyone hasn't figured out, the demand for your products is really high. And it, I mean, you've only been doing this for a couple of years. So this has really caught on quickly. How do you keep up? How have you kind of managed the influx of demand? Well, I mean, in short, I don't. <laughs> um, we're working on it. I feel like that's my mantra. Um, I hired my lifetime best friend in I think October and she has just like absolutely revolutionized my whole life um she has taken over our bookkeeping she handles the emails so we don't have emails going unanswered for like I don't know a month mm -hmm. um you know she answers them within a couple hours she keeps everybody taken care of the way I wish I had time to do and you know she keeps me in check she reminds me that you know, I have to do normal people things. Yeah. And, uh, you know, encourages me to take time off. And, you know, it's it's easy to ignore your husband when he's saying it. But when it's somebody who doesn't live in your house who's saying, hey, have you showered lately? You know, like, have, have you done anything for yourself this week? It's, it's a little more of a reality check. So it's been really great for me to have her on board just to – help manage the crazy a little bit. And um, she actually just moved home last week because she's been working remotely uh, from California. Oh, wow. And so it's been a little bit interesting uh -huh. um, orchestrating things across half the country. Uh-huh. Um, but she just moved home, and we are working on our actual studio build. She's going to be joining me in the 
1974 motorhome parked in my front yard for a few months. Um, And then we're going to move into the studio, but she's actually going to come in and work on production. Um, She already beads the Pueblas and she's taking over the Sayulitas and um, we're launching a whole wholesale line. An entire wholesale line might be easier to understand. Okay, yeah. <laughs> We're launching an entire wholesale line, uh, you know, comprised of beaded designs. Just And I'm, I'm bringing the gemstones back. A little bit more of my original flavor is coming into play with a few of these wholesales. And uh, she's going to be able to handle production on all of that. And so it's, it's been amazing having her. Because I would say that's the only way. I've really been able to manage any of this growth thus far. Otherwise, I'd be shutting down orders, you know, constantly. I would always be saying, you know, I can't take any more. I can't do this. I'm sorry. Here's your refund. (laughs) (laughs) I did do a little bit of that. Because you had to, This fall, yeah. I, I, you know, I felt sick about it. But this fall, I had to just outright cancel several wholesale orders because I was looking at my list and, There was no way I was going to be able to do all of it. And if I did all of it, I would do most of it poorly. Yeah. And so you really have to like, it was, it was a very unpleasant reality check for me to, to realize I really can't do all of it. I can't be everything for everyone all the time. And you know, I'm, I'm a type A, like I want to be everything for everyone (laughs) all the time. And so yeah, after I did that, it was a little bit humbling. And then bringing Megan on and delegating and learning to delegate and letting go uh, was difficult, but it has been so healthy. And it has been incredible for our business. We get happy emails now. <laughs> <laughs> we have girls, they just, they email us to just let us know that they're happy. And oh. that is a breath of fresh air. That's good. <laughs> That's so good. So, and you know, Megan gets a lot of emails that are just like, Megan, you're great. We're so glad you're here now. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So you mentioned a little bit about wholesale, but is that a big part of your business? Is that something you want to do more of? How have you incorporated that into what you've been doing? So wholesale has been something that, you know, Prairie Sky has been around since 2011. Prairie Sky has been taken seriously since 2017. And it's it's been, you know, something that's consumed a significant amount of my time since 2017. And we've, you know, over the course of these eight years, we've played a lot with wholesale. Mm-hmm. You know, and I at times I thought maybe I could just be wholesale only. And then other times I said, I'm never doing wholesale again. Yeah. You know, because one grumpy retailer um, – one bad experience is honestly it's quite a bit to deal with emotionally because you're so invested in what you're doing um and I am a person who takes everything personally so it's great to have Megan kind of buffering that mm-hmm. um and so now with her on board and you know we're a lot more organized um we're not just taking orders for anything at any time We've got collections with like rigid timelines on them. We've got a few made to orders that we run all the time because, you know, Luke can fill them, Megan can fill them, I can fill them, and we can do it rather quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't, you don't end up with an eight week turnaround time on them because that's not fun for anyone. Right. Definitely not ideal. Um, 
so now that we're more organized, the wholesale is really, we're hoping to be about half and half, honestly, uh, between collections and our made to orders and our wholesale. Um, cause the wholesale is just fun. You know, you can, uh-huh. you can, you can offer a lot of variations of the same thing and you can do it in bulk and, I don't know. There's there's something really satisfying about boxing up $3,000 worth of your hard work and mailing it somewhere like exotic feeling with you know? insurance. Yeah. With insurance. <laughs> I do make they're not always happy about it, but I'm like, could you just please could you just please insure this box? Uh-huh. It's ultimately their decision, but like I it gives me anxiety. Uh-huh. <laughs> it would me too. Yeah. <laughs> It's a lot of hard work that went into that box. Yes, it is. It is a whole lot of hard work. So, yeah, it's it's pretty fun, though. It's it's really satisfying to lay it all out and say, like, look at what we did. Absolutely. <laughs> and you still do some custom orders, too, right? Yes. Um, I'm actually I'm opening them uh, in update format. I think that's kind of our new strategy is to maybe maybe once a year – maybe twice a year. I'm not, we're just kind of going to feel it out a little okay. bit and uh, see how it goes. But I'm going to open them this Thursday and I still haven't decided exactly how many slots I'm doing up to 10, but probably not 10. And I'm going to gar- guarantee them by the end of May, you know, yeah. like give me my time. Mm-hmm. And I'm really tempted to write in a clause, like, please don't email me and ask me how it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> Because that stresses me out a lot. Oh, I bet. Like, I promise I love you. I wouldn't take the order if I didn't want to do it. But, like, I'm not watering it in the backyard. Yeah. You know, it's, <laughs> it's not something that is just in this slow progress. It's something that when I get to it, when I'm, when I'm ready or when I'm inspired or when I have all the materials, you know, lined out, um, I'm going to do it all at once. And it might be my focus for two hours and it might be my focus for two days, you know, depending on the complexity of the piece. But those how's it going emails on the customs. Oh, man, that it it gets me. <laughs> you're just a true creative and you need your room to create. agonizingly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's horrible. I honestly wish I could turn it off and on, but I cannot. And so when it's not. When I'm not feeling it, I'm I'm making dainty turquoise studs. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm making use of my time, but like I'm, there's just no way I'm gonna touch, you know, a, a commemorative piece or a wedding band or anything like that if if I'm not in the right headspace to make it. Because I just I don't think that's right. You know, you're making something that somebody's gonna treasure for the rest of their life, and if you're cussing the whole time you're doing it, that's not cool. <laughs> yeah, you want to give them your best. I do. Yeah. I absolutely do. So, Luke, how has this impacted you? I mean, Prairie Sky has kind of become a big part of your life now, and um, you're living on the farm. So what's that been like for you? I mean, it's awesome what your wife is doing. Yeah, I mean, it's nice to not have to go to work. Okay, he goes to work. That makes me crazy. (laughs) In a different way. No, don't. Oh, my gosh. He goes around town and tells everybody that he's retired. And he is not retired. He works for me. <clears throat> but you've been able to quit your life um, traveling as a welder, right? Yeah, that's and that's been nice. I'm really pretty happy with the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm curious. You you help Kenyon, but do you do some of your own welding projects locally? 
um, here and there, just when I have time. Yeah. I haven't really had time to do a whole lot, so. It sounds like you guys have your hands full. <laughs> yeah, we've got so many animals. <laughs> drowning in animals. And, uh, We're getting that donkey. <laughs> We're getting a donkey this weekend, actually. Yeah. Uh, as he shakes his head. Um, yeah. <laughs> We're going to name him Paul. Uh, so I can say me and Paul all the time, like the Willie Nelson song. Nice. Nice. And, uh... <laughs> yeah, he acts beleaguered, but he's naming the donkey, so, you know, he doesn't yeah. hate it that much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We've got a lot of roosters. Their names are Carlos, Chalelo, and Machete. Nice. <laughs> so have you been working on the house, too? Is that... Or have you kind of had to put that on the side burner with There's all the stuff going on? There's just been so much trash everywhere, uh... The last week I've been walking past two syringes that I thought I'd gotten them all, and I'm just so sick of dealing with syringes that I'm just going to keep looking at them for a few more days, and then I'll pick them up. (laughs) There's, like, still shingles laying around. Um, You know, once all the trash is out of there, it's going to be a lot more fun. Yeah. And we're getting pretty close. We've had some help from the neighbors. They're all really nice. And uh, the next couple of months, it's going to start changing a lot. Well, we quit burning trash and wow. throwing away syringes. And, wow. Yeah. Yeah, we've got a we've got a gully full of plastic pot bottles that we're a little intimidated by because there's there's not a piece of equipment on earth that would really go down there and take care of that without just completely ruining the absolutely stunning sandstone that's all in there. Um, it's such a cool natural space that, and we're so excited to be able to enjoy it, but like, Oh my gosh, (laughs) crawling up and down on rocks to clean up 20 year old pot bottles that had who knows what in them is just not my idea of a good time. Not at all. (laughs) So this is definitely a labor of love. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yeah, and a little resentment. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> well, what has been your favorite part about seeing Prairie Sky grow and just about the business in general? Man, that's that's a little bit of a doozy. Um, honestly, I just, I love being home. I love, I love being home. I am 45 minutes away from my grandparents, my baby cousins, you know, I can go to softball games now. Aww. I can I can be a part of my family's lives, you know. Um, we see <sighs> Luke's parents all the time. <laughs> um, you know, we're always we go into Bartlesville to run errands or grab groceries and we're able to visit with them. Um, it's just it's it's so great to live in one place and to have a little slice that's ours. You know, to, to look down at the dirt and say, you know, this is mine and so is that syringe. <laughs> like, <laughs> we earned this. <laughs> it feels really good. It's such a tangible sense of accomplishment and, and to really be able to, to put our money and our time and our energy into something that our future children are going to enjoy, something we can be proud of and enjoy for the rest of our lives. Um, it's, it's just the best. Like there are so many days that I'm in the studio 
trying to come up with any excuse possible to go work in my garden or pick up trash or stack rocks or, you know, anything. Check the uh, chicken coop for the eighth time that day to see if there's another egg (laughs) because it's just so fun to have our own place. Wow. Yeah. Uh, The syringes are just a little thing. (laughs) Overall, I really like it. You see the potential. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he saw the potential in the first place. It's nice to to see you having success because you've, you know, you've given up a lot on the road to try to help me help us get out of poverty and stuff. So for it all to come this far is pretty cool. Yeah, he's been the coolest about it. Just, you know, he's he's let me struggle a little bit and he's 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 kept his hands off the steering wheel just so that I have this experience, so that I have the opportunity to to build something, to to work on my dreams. And it is like, I never asked him to do it, you know, and it's something that he just kind of decided to do. Uh, We came home and at first we were really stressed about money and there's not a whole lot of work and, you know, and he just was like, you know what, it'll be okay. You know, I'll, I'll just, I'll learn how to be a silversmith. And he melted a few bezels, and after that, I actually resented him for how good he is at it. (laughs) It came much easier to him than it did to me. (laughs) So I think that welding translated a little bit. He just had to get used to, like, you're using a ball-peen hammer now, not a sledgehammer. There you go. (laughs) So, yeah, it's, it's been really fun to be able to work together. And, you know, we like each other a lot, so it works out great. Mm -hmm. We get to work together and then work together some more on our place and it's it's really fun really fun yeah well it's cool to see your creativity shine through and even Luke you made a really awesome overhead for Joni so (laughs) it's so beautiful it is and you can drive by every day now (laughs) (laughs) well we have to be the creepy neighbors who like drive up the dead end a little ways (laughs) but yeah we totally could yeah Well, on the other hand, you know, there's been a lot of great things that have come with this business, but what has the most challenging thing been that you've had to work through and and grow from? I think there are probably two primary challenges that I've been dealing with since things have really taken off, you know, since Prairie Sky has become such a huge part of my life. Um, The first one is just, Time management, balance. Um, where does Prairie Sky end and Kenyon begin? Mm-hmm. Because we are two separate entities for those of you who see me in public. Um, <laughs> I do have a name and I love it when you use it. <laughs> You're not Prairie Sky Jewelry. <laughs> no, I, you know, you can, you can say, oh my gosh, are you, you know, are you Prairie Sky? And then when I say, yeah, I'm Kenyon, say, oh, hi, Kenyon. <laughs> just you know call me prairie sky one time <laughs> which i mean there's so many people coming to pahuska so yes. i'm sure that happens a lot oh yeah uh my least favorite messages are the uh we came to town to see reed drummond and thought we'd go by your house next <laughs> <laughs> please don't <laughs> i love you but not that much yeah um but yeah it's just just time management just figuring out how to live life as an entrepreneur and continue to be successful and continue to foster growth without, um, you know, killing my personal life or my personal goals. So it's, it's quite a lot. 
And then the second aspect has just been um, my friend Gina always says, like, stay in your lane. Um, and that I hate that advice. Like, I frown every time she sends me the message. But it is so hard working, you know, with the Internet so much, social media. Um, social media can be so blessing, such a blessing, and it can be so, so toxic. Um, because there are so many quote unquote makers out there who look at, you know, and in a way I can't blame them because you look at the Prairie Sky Jewelry Co. Instagram and it's, it's clean. It's professional. I work really hard on my branding and on my presence. And a lot of people think that we have 25 employees. They think that we have a warehouse or that I might be rich. And that's that's just absolutely not true. It's me and my sweatpants um, really wishing I could go to bed yeah. more often than not. <laughs> um, it's, it's backbreaking, hard, hard work. And they look at that and, you know, I, I can't understand their exact motivations, but they think, you know, well, I'm going to make turquoise triangles and I'm going to market to their you know, to their customers. And I'm, I'm going to make a five tribes necklace and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And it's hard to deal with. It's hard to see. And then it's really hard not to act super unprofessional about it. Yeah. Um, and so I've gotten to a point where I just try not to look, you know, my followers will message me and say, so-and-so is making this. And I usually will, uh, you know, I might send them a message and say, hey, hi, this is Kenyon. I see you yeah. and it's illegal. Please don't. Um, and about half the time they're like, oh, yeah, I just made that for myself. I wasn't going to sell it. It's like, OK, that's cool. Um, <laughs> good. Good. Great. Glad that was the plan. Um, and then the other half of the time, they're a lot less nice about it. But, you know, that's what God made lawyers for. So it's just been really hard to not take it personally yeah. because it's really not personal it's business mm -hmm. um it's just prairie sky is you know my whole heart in a way um, creating is personal yeah and that it, side of yeah it and I'm especially with collections and stuff I'm working so much more into sharing my personal perspective my experiences and my context you know I'm sharing a lot more than I'm really comfortable sharing most of the time and so when you see somebody trying to take advantage of that it's just endlessly frustrating yeah um and it it's unfortunately not something that I see going away anytime soon yeah so. well on the bright side you have gotten to do some fun collaborations and you've even gotten featured in Cowboys and Indians magazine yes cowgirl magazine yeah that's pretty exciting yeah it's been fun it's really cool. Um, I've I've been able to work with, you know, several really excellent Western makers. Um, you know, I've collaborated with uh, Warbonnet Hatworks um, on this super fabulous hat for uh, Whitney Benton of Western Couture. Um, she's, like, one of my best friends. And then um, I've worked with Western Skies Handmade the most fabulous tooled purses in the world. If I got one in the mail, you know, anonymously, I wouldn't be mad. You wouldn't send it back? <laughs> I would not send it back. <laughs> um, you know, hint, hint, Luke. Um, 
but yeah, I, I worked with her on some custom conchos. We actually did my cactus blossom design, and she's been slowly incorporating them into some really special pieces. And it's so fun to watch her, you know, build around it. Um, she's so talented. Um, and then I have my own leather worker um, that I've kind of got in my pocket. And he is just like the coolest guy. He's one of my dad's like longtime friends. He's actually, he's like a leather worker to the stars. He makes all of the guitar straps for Florida Georgia line. Um, like Cody Canada, like all these big guys in, you know, country and red dirt. Um, he does a ton of custom work for them. And uh, he works for me, and I, you know, I'm not going to question it too hard. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> but he's a total sweetheart, um, Bobby Ford of Leatherhead Custom Leather. Um, he's just absolutely the coolest. I feel like I've been at his house like every other day for the past couple weeks, because um, he's he's the one who's he designed the scrolls on the bottom of the Comanche Moon earrings that everybody wants so badly. Uh-huh. <laughs> So it's, yeah, the collabs are super fun. And then we've done some really cool photo shoots. Um, when we were on the road, there was a little less pressure on my budget. Um, I was able to do some pretty wild things with uh, Prairie Sky Money and, you know, casually book a mansion in Santa Fe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which we did this April and did just the most gorgeous shoot um, and had a few like Western influencer gals come out and take pictures. And then of course we did that like breakout shoot last fall, or I guess now two falls ago, um, fall of 2017 in Estes park. Um, and that's kind of what blew us up a little bit and, you know, got the magazine's attention and stuff. So it's, it's really fun. Now we're kind of just doing homestead shoots because our photographer lives like across town. That's nice. <laughs> and so um, we're just kind of taking advantage of the beauty here. And we decided, you know, next time we book a mansion in the West, we're not working. <laughs> yeah, just enjoy it. It's going to be a vacation. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Well, what is it that you have come to love about Pahuska now that it's your home? Man, I honestly love everything. Um, it's it's cozy, it's homey, it's familiar. Um, and the people here are unlike any other, uh, like just our neighbors even. We've got an entire county road, and literally everyone on this road has been huge and instrumental and unbelievably helpful in everything that we do. You know, they're the kind of people who are like, hey, you know, if you need a tractor, you just come and get it any old time. And that's not normal, I don't think. (laughs) That's not anything I experienced anywhere else in my life. Um, I just, I feel like Pahuska is, you know, it's a town that's just been revitalized, you know, largely by the hard work of the Drummonds. And, you know, it's, it's really cool to watch them invest and believe in the town. And I think everybody's feeling really, I don't, like, livened up or encouraged and, um, you know, small businesses are flourishing, you know, all over downtown and it's just, it's fun. And honestly, my favorite thing is you drive through town on Sunday and it's dead. There's nothing happening in Pahuska on a Sunday. And that is the best thing ever because it's that kind of small town, you know, it's, it's like a true American small town. Everybody is taking it slow and easy. 
and there's no hustle and bustle. And then Monday morning, bam, it's so busy. Yeah, it's just full of life. <laughs> yeah, it's a pain to have to drive through sometimes. <laughs> but it's just, it's so cool. And, you know, everybody, we haven't had a bad experience in town. Everybody has been wonderful. All the small business owners are great and like totally willing to work with you, especially when you explain, you know, what you're trying to do. Um, but, you know, from the lumber yard to the diners to, you know, just the plain old stores, the, the, the grocery store for those <laughs> animals. Store. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> we make good friends with everyone at the feed store. Um, but yeah, it's the whole town is just great and it's beautiful. You know, you you drive any direction you're coming into Pahuska, you come off the prairie and it's the prairie hills, which is my favorite part of the prairie. Um, and you just come into this picturesque, you know, old oil boom town and it is, it's just too cool. It's so fun. And it's not one of those towns where every building's empty anymore. You know, right. it's one of those towns where you can't find anywhere to park. Mm-hmm. People are walking up and down the streets and there's gorgeous, gorgeous businesses in town and it's, it's fun. We've marveled actually a lot at like, unless you're trying to buy arugula, you can get everything you need <laughs> in yes, Pahuska. Yes. Um, and that's really special because even towns like Bartlesville, it's really hard to find what you need sometimes, but we, we really never have a problem finding exactly what we need here in town. And it's like the coolest thing. Because it's a tiny town. <laughs> yeah, so. I love it. And the cool thing is you're a business owner here, but you don't have a storefront. And you're still able to enjoy right, all of yeah. the things it has to offer. Yeah, it's, it's, I love not having a storefront. Yeah. <laughs> I think it would be really hard for me. It would require so much more overhead. Um, and it's, you know, I love looking out my window and seeing my gaggle of ducks. Yeah. Is it a gaggle when it's ducks? <laughs> All my friends call it my herd of ducks. Um, but it's so fun, you know, to, to be able to work from home. And I don't think that'll ever change. But, you know, we've we've had a lot of opportunities to collaborate and, you know, bounce ideas off of small business owners who actually are, you know, in downtown. Yeah. And it's it's excellent. It's a great mix. Yeah. It's yeah. really fun. Yeah. Well, what's next for Prairie Sky Jewelry? Oh, um, I think our studio build really is like the next big thing. Um, We finally kind of got a strategy lined out because I'll tell you what, it's hard to commit (laughs) to building something that you're going to look at for the rest of your life. Um, But I think we finally got it figured out and um, Luke is going to start construction probably here in the next month. We're hoping to have Megan and I in there. Uh, by June and that's going to just fundamentally change things for us to have a decent sized workspace we're going to have like 800 whole square feet which is going to be the biggest square footage I've ever had to work out of in my life so I'm very excited um and once we've got that studio build then we're going to be looking at you know bringing more gals on um and just being able to meet some of this demand because I'm just as frustrated as my customers by not being able to, you know, come anywhere near meeting the demand for our pieces. Um, Cause I know it's frustrating. You know, you, you set the alarm, you get on the website, you put it in your cart and it sells to someone else. Like yeah. that's heartbreaking for all of us. <laughs> uh-huh. And so I'm really excited just to be able to uh, do more 
but not personally. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> you know, that's bring exciting. more gals into Prairie Sky. So that's that's really our kind of focus this whole year is just making that happen and, you know, finding the right people, getting them trained in and growing. <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah, it's, hopefully it's fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, how do people follow along? Um, Instagram is really the best way. I am the most communicative personally on Instagram. Um, if you send a direct message, there's like a 50, 50 chance I'll see it and answer it. <laughs> I think most of us know by now, but there's like an abyss. It's like these, hidden. Yeah. yeah. And then they disappear sometimes mm-hmm. too. Um, and so, you know, email if it's important, but yeah, Instagram, if you want to know what's going on, like the minute I have the idea, cause I'm impulsive and put it on my story immediately, um, follow there. And it's just Prairie Sky Jewelry Co. on Instagram. It's, yeah. We're easy to find. Um, and that, you know, that's your best place. Other than that, I would say, you know, hop on the website occasionally. I try to update the blog every month with kind of a rough plan. Um, and, you know, if you don't want to be bothered to do any of that, I update the website 6 p.m. Central Time every single Thursday unless something horrible happens, which has not yet happened. So we have not missed a Thursday in a long time. This week, though, it's Friday. Uh, This week, it's actually Thursday and Friday, my friend. So, you know. Thursday's customs. Friday is Comanche moons because I'm an overachiever. That's awesome. (laughs) Keeping those customers happy. Trying. (laughs) Well, you guys, thank you so much for being on the podcast. This has been a great conversation. Thanks for having us. Yeah, great to meet you in person. Yeah. Well, isn't it amazing to hear Luke and Kenyon's story and how they've grown their business? And you guys, Luke kids that he is retired, but I was at their farm and I can't even put into words how much work they have done in such a short amount of time. I think Luke has been working nonstop since they got the property. Luke and Kenyon had a lot of great things to say about their town of Pahuska as well, and I'm excited to announce that we'll be hosting a Rural Revival Mastermind there in May for all the reasons that they explained and more. You can find all the details at ruralrevival.co slash mastermind. Thanks again to Luke and Kenyon for being on the podcast. Definitely go check out their website and see why everyone loves Prairie Sky so much. And be sure to follow their Instagram stories where Kenyon shares daily about the adventures of their life around the farm, the building of her studio, her designs, and so much more. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week. Have a great day, everybody.